hopefully everybody is still with us. Didn't get carried away in any crazy winds. Man, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I look outside from work. Can't see a thing. Pitch black. Like it's midnight at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Rain starts coming in. Winds pick up. Tornado warnings. My phone's going off with alerts. Everybody else's phone's going off with alerts. Surrounding towns have sirens like McNabb. Hopefully everybody is okay. Just a crazy, crazy, crazy time right now in Northern Illinois. I guess it's a crazy time everywhere. Election, COVID-19, everything is crazy. Just mentioned the word election, did not say it before because didn't know the truth, if there was gonna be lawsuits, if we we're going to court. But Joe Biden is the new president of the United States of America. We will see how this goes. I think both of them weren't great choices. I mean, we saw what Donald Trump has done. So love him, hate him, keep him, take him, whatever you want to do. Joe Biden was a vice president. He's been a politician for a long time. Some people call him crooked, some people don't. But he's here now. So we'll see what happens. I think the switch up, the change up is good for where we're at right now. Because our country needs something. Something. Hopefully Biden can be the one to do that. But yeah, tornadoes. In November, it is November 10th, a Tuesday, and we got tornado warnings in Northern Illinois. This year is just insane. Insane. Sports going on right now. We are going to touch on some football. We're going to touch on some MLB awards. And we're going to talk to Steve Hansen. The Mendota Athletic Director, as the Trojans are flipping conferences, doing some shaking up next year. This is the last school year with the Big Northern Conference. Trojans are going to the Three Rivers Conference. If you are familiar with Northern Illinois sports, the Three Rivers Conference includes other teams and players that you hear on this podcast often. Princeton, Hall, St. Bede, Borough Valley. Throw in Newman. There's a couple others. Steve Hansen lists them all. And their side of the Three Rivers, which will be the Rock Division. The other division being the Mississippi Division. Great news for Mendota. Mendota sports fans. See some more local teams. Some teams that you're familiar with. Instead of the more northern teams that were in the big northern conference. That not really familiar with. If you wanted to travel and go see a game, you had to go an hour and a half to two hours. Steve Hansen breaks all the logistics down about that. Talks about Amelia Bromenschinkel may not having her senior season to play basketball. We had Amelia and Lady Trojan Girls basketball coach John Hansen on just a few episodes ago. Episode 127 to be exact. This is episode 130, so three episodes ago, we had Broman Schinkel and Hansen on. The other Hansen, John Hansen. Now we got Steve Hansen breaking down all things Mendota. IHSA talks about it all. He's the featured guest. Some other things to break down. Right now, it's like a Mac day. Just say Mac day right here. Not Big Macs, not Macalicious. Mac is in college football. Right now, on TV, right now, is three MAC games all in the East Division. Ohio is leading 
Akron, 14-7 at halftime. With 10 minutes left in the second, Kent State is up 24-10 over Bowling Green. And just starting the second quarter, Miami of Ohio and Buffalo, nil-nil. Or just nil, if you're going to be technical. But, guess this is a Mac day of football on a Tuesday in November. Gotta love it. Too bad Northern Illinois wasn't playing. That would definitely be on in the background. After done recording this podcast, I'm sure I might turn one of these games on, if they're still on. What we also like to turn on, enjoy, is A, our headphones, B, a smile, and three, our motivation, work ethic for improving ourselves, especially athletically and physically. Since 2015, LP CrossFit has been offering something unique to the Illinois Valley, a customized way to get in shape while having fun. Whether you're new to exercise or an experienced athlete, LP CrossFit is the right place for you. LP CrossFit is a diverse community with a culture focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. LP CrossFit will help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life. LP CrossFit offers a weekly schedule of classes for every fitness fan. Whether you want to dial up the intensity or take a more relaxed approach, LP CrossFit's trained coaches tailor each and every workout for every athlete in every class. CrossFit classes are programmed with a mixture of body weight, gymnastic, barbell, and other movements to build strength and endurance. All small group classes are coach-led, and all movements are infinitely scalable so they can work with any fitness level, injury, or mobility restriction. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook, online at LP.com, or in person in the Peru Mall across from Secret Nails. You'll never have so much fun while getting so fit. Last night wrapped up week 9 of the NFL season. And what a way to wrap it up. I mean, who in their right mind thought the Jets had an opportunity to beat the New England Patriots? Yes, we do know this is not the New England Patriots of old. There is no Tom Brady. Defense isn't as good. Offensive line still good, but not legendary like it once was. Pats had to hold on 30-27 Monday Night Football to win. Hold on. They didn't have to hold on. They had to come back and win. Had to kick a field goal at the very end of the game to get the W. When I first turned it on, Jets were up by, I think, two touchdowns. Then a couple turnovers happened. Fumble, interception, Joe Flacco looking like the Joe Flacco he's been as of late instead of the monster quarterback he looked like in the beginning of the game. In the second half, the Patriots had the ball for over 21 minutes while the Jets were just over eight. That is a huge, huge difference of a game when you have the ball for 21 minutes and the other team for eight. Insane. Patriots dominated the second half, came back 130-27. Four picks this week. I went 10-4. Pretty solid week. I like it. The last few weeks I've had like five to seven losses. Not not cool. Four to one, four to nothing. Nothing would be fantastic. Zero losses. But four to one, I'm very cool with. Zero is static. 
But four losses, not too bad. Ten wins. Got the Pats correct. Thought it would be a little bit different score, but hey, a win's a win. Thursday night's football game. Packers cruised against the 49ers 34-17. I changed my pick early on Thursday. I had the 49ers because the Packers have not been playing well. But then I checked out the news or maybe Sports Center. 49ers had 10 people out. Most of their starting lineup because of either injury or COVID-19. And I changed my mind and I picked the Packers. Should have put more confidence points on it. I didn't. Still on the low end of things. I think I had two or three. But Packers cruised and 49ers really couldn't do anything. I mean, it was like a professional football team playing against a D3 college team. I mean, that's what happens when there's that many injuries and a pandemic of a virus. Falcons beat the Broncos 34-27. Got this one wrong. Picking the Broncos. This was a 50-50 game. And I mean, the score 34-27, it showed that. Bills, 44 over the Seahawks, 34. Was not thinking that it was going to happen that way. And at one point, Bills were up by like 20 or 27 points. Seahawks had to keep clawing and clawing and clawing back. Bills are a good team. Don't get me wrong. I thought the Seahawks were on another level. Super Bowl contender. Bills showing that they could be a Super Bowl contender. Insane how they were dominating the Seahawks. Moving forward, I'm taking the Seahawks out of my elite group. Honestly, I don't even know if I have an elite group anymore. I don't really know if I do. Every single time that I say a team is elite, they fall down a little bit. I would love to say Pittsburgh Steelers are, but they barely beat the Cowboys this week. And COVID-19 shaking up rosters. I think the elite group mentions are over. You can say good team, bad team, middle of the pack team. But elite, there is no such thing this year. No such thing this season. Titans over the Bears, 24-17. The Bears' offense looked awful. The score, 24-17, is way closer than the game looked. It was not pretty for Bears fans or people on the team. I mean, they weren't looking very happy at all either. I don't think it matters if you have Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles as your quarterback. You just can't get it done. You can't move the ball. And if you play a solid defense like the Titans or like the Rams or like the Saints, I'm surprised that game against the Saints last week went into overtime. But still, you got to be able to move the ball, and the Bears just can't do it. Their defense keeps them in it. The defense is amazing, can stop anybody doing anything. But they're on the field way too much because the offense cannot move the ball. Matt Nagy, I'm a fan. I am not going to say what I'm about to say in a demeaning manner whatsoever. Kind of like a constructive criticizing tone, actually. He sets a game plan, and that's all. I don't see adjustments. I don't see any changes. And his style of what he's trying to do, people figured out. They know what you're doing offensively. You've been doing the same thing since you took over. Fourth and one, you're going to run up the middle. You're using backup offensive linemen all across your line against starters, against guys that are paid 
pretty decent money week in, week out, veterans been there for a long time. You're not going to win the battle of the churches with backups. You're not. So let's try to run up the middle. Fourth and one, I think he did it two or three times, and he got stuffed each time. Or fourth and one or third and one. Stuffed each time. Change it up. Change your game plan. I know you want to do what you want to do and hope it's successful, but sometimes it's not. Football is a chess game, so switch it up. Do something different that they might not know what you're doing. You didn't do that at all against the Titans, especially in the fourth quarter. You did get a touchdown, but it was kind of like, eh, well, we don't have enough time to do anything else. It's kind of what happened. think the Bears could be way better do different things. They got playmakers. Playmakers all over the field. Use them. Try to use them. Ravens defeated the Colts 24-10. Picked the Ravens. I think that was kind of easy. Colts aren't a bad team, but Ravens are way better. This one was a shocker. Kind of a tornado in football world instead of Northern Illinois in the middle of November on a Tuesday. Chiefs defeated the Panthers 33-31. I don't know how it was that close. Chiefs defense kind of choked here and there. Offense looked okay. Mahomes did his thing. But just didn't look like the crisp, clear, clean Chiefs that we're used to seeing. Vikings knocked out Lions 34-20. Vikings are going to make a push. I mean, they're a solid team. They have talent. And with the Lions and the Bears and the Packers, I could see the Vikings taking the NFC North. I really could. There's a lot of games left to be played. And they're getting better and better and better and getting players back from injury. I'm not a Vikings fan, but I can see where this is going. I can see that they're about to turn this around. 14-point game over the Lions. I mean, they knocked out the Packers. And they play the Bears this week. Of course, I want the Bears to win, but it's not going to be easy. Giants knocked off Washington football team. 23-20. I picked Washington. I thought they would get it, and they had a couple opportunities. But this is a game against two bad teams, kind of a 50-50. Houston Texans defeat Jacksonville Jaguars 27-25. I almost took the Jags, but I went with the Texans anyway, and they got the win. Raiders knocked off the Chargers 31-26. I took the Raiders. Closet Raiders fan this year. I think they're better than people think they are. Talked about this game. Steelers knocked off Cowboys 24-19. How the Cowboys had a 10-0 lead at one point? No idea. No idea. Just things were not going in the Steelers' favor. But they got on track and got the W. This, to me, was the game of the week. Dolphins and the Cardinals. Kind of the same stature. Rookie quarterbacks. Solid defenses. Well, Dolphins got the best defense in the league. Got wide receivers. Got playmakers. Like, this was going to be a good game. And it was. Dolphins win 34-31, giving me the win. I did pick the Dolphins just because of that nasty defense. And they held on. They definitely had to hold on, though. Saints over the box, 38-3. Who in the right mind would have thought the Sunday night game was going to be like that? I put on Twitter, I put a poll that this was the game of the week. Who's going to win? And at the beginning, before the Saints started to pull away, it was kind of like 50-50. And then they were up by two touchdowns, and it was like, okay, everybody's voting for the Saints. 
And yeah, who wouldn't? Never would have thought a Tom Brady team would get smacked 38-3. And not just a Tom Brady team. That defense is good. Their wide receiver receiving core, if you add Rob Gronkowski, is the best in the league, if you ask me. Mike Evans, now you got Antonio Brown. Maybe it was just a little shakeup adding Antonio Brown to the mix-up and what's going to happen, but no reason, no way should the Saints knock out the Bucks 38-3. Crazy. And then I already mentioned Monday Night Football, Pats defeating the Jets 30-27. So my four losses were, I picked the Broncos over the Falcons, that didn't work. Seahawks over the Bills, nah. And I picked Washington over Giants, no go. And the Bucks. I picked the Bucks over the Saints, and they got embarrassed. What we don't want embarrassed, well, we never want our football picks to be embarrassing either. But we don't want our home to be looked at weird or judged or criticized. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family-owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, garage additions, room additions, and full remodels. Brothers Keith Miles and Tommy Olson have been in construction for over 10 years and are willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, Call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be located on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. When the MLB announced the final three for their awards, their postseason awards, we ran them down, said who could possibly win our little picks well, Rookie of the Year and Manager of the Year for both the American League and National League were released. The Cy Young winners will be announced tomorrow, November 11th. And then the MVPs of both the AL and NL will be announced the 12th. For Rookies of the Year, AL, Seattle Mariners, Kyle Lewis, a unanimous selection. Thanks to MLB.com, I did a little bit of research, a little bit of stats. Only the second rookie to lead the team in a batting average, 0.262, 11 home runs, 37 runs scored, 34 walks, and he is a great defensive player. He's been on all kinds of highlight reels, grabbing some balls, hopping fences, not letting balls get past him. My pick was the White Sox, Lewis Roberts, of course, and the other loser who is already a loser because he's on the Houston Astros is Christian Javier. For the National League, the Milwaukee Brewers' Devin Williams, reliever, struck out 53% of the 100 batters that he faced. That's a .33 ERA. Him winning this award, he is the first reliever to win the Rookie of the Year since 2011, when, now with the Chicago Cubs, Craig Kimbrell won then. I saw two games that Williams threw in relief this year, just a beast. Smoke. Just throw smoke. Fire. Fire, fire. Smoke, smoke. Get a hose out. That dude is flaming it up. My pick was San Diego Padres, Jake Cronenworth. Just a beast at the plate. He can hit everything. 
And the other loser was Alec Baum from Philadelphia Phillies. For Manager of the Year in the AL was the only one out of the four awards released so far that I got right. Tampa Bay Rays skipper Kevin Cash won the award. It was the Rays' first AL East title since 2010. And listen to this. He had 59 different batting orders in 60 games. 59 different batting orders in 60 games. Only two games did he have the same batting order. And they probably weren't close together. And he tied an MLB record this season using 12 pitchers to record a save. 12 pitchers in a game. Insane. That's a lot of pitchers. The losers. Rick Renteria. Icky Ricky from the White Sox. He doesn't even have a job anymore. I kind of picked him laughing. And then I was like, oh, Kevin Cash is really going to get it. Because Rick is a joke on this list. I mean, how could you be the manager of the year when the team let you go? I don't know. The other not winner was the Toronto Blue Jays, Charlie Montoyo. For the NL, Miami Marlins, Don Mattingly. What an impressive baseball dude. Just impressive. He's the fifth person in history to win both the Manager of the Year award and MVP as a player. With the Yankees, he played there 1982 to 1995. He was a six-time All-Star and won the AL MVP in 1985. Now, he adds the Manager of the Year award after bringing Miami to their first postseason in 17 years. That deserves a round of applause. My pick was, of course, David Ross from the Cubs. Didn't get it. And Jace Tingler was also not fitting of the award from San Diego Padres. It's awesome. Always like awards. Always like seeing who gets the best of the best. Chicago lost out. Hopefully, hopefully, Jose Abreu can get that AL MVP. That would be fantastic. If you don't know who is up for the awards that haven't been named yet since I just mentioned Abreu, for the AL MVP is Abreu, DJ LeMahieu from the Yankees, and Jose Ramirez from Cleveland Indians. For the MVP in the NL is Mookie Betts from the Dodgers, Atlanta's Freddie Freeman, and San Diego's Manny Machado. I went with Mookie. Already said I went with Jose. And then for the Cy Young battle in the AL, for the Cleveland Indians, Shane Bieber, Minnesota's Kenta Maeda, and Toronto Blue Jays, Heian Jinru. Went with Shane Bieber. Who doesn't like the name Bieber? Biebs. No, he's a fantastic player, though. Crazy, crazy good. National League, Cincinnati Trevor Bauer. Chicago Cubs, Hugh Darvish, and the Mets, Jacob DeGroom. Had to go Darvish. Went 7-0 with a .98 ERA in his first seven games. Then goes 8-3 with a 2.01 ERA. Stud, I'm going you. So maybe I can make up for only getting one out of the first four and go Darvish, Bieber, Betts, and Abreu. That'd be awesome. Why not? Well, broke down some football, broke down some MLB awards. Now it's time to break down IHSA rulings, conference shifts, 
amazing players, and much, much, much more with Mendota Athletic Director Steve Hansen. We will have more shows this week, but we're going to skip Wednesday because it is Veterans Day. Have a day off from work. Need to recoup. I'm mentally exhausted lately. So, got to recoup, refresh, recharge some batteries to make these shows, keep these shows absolutely fantastic and keep you coming back listening for more and more. To do that, you can find Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. Hit us up on social media, Edge of Your Seat Podcast on Facebook and Edge of Your Seat P on Twitter. Have any questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know of somebody that would be a great guest, want to tell us something to talk about or give us an idea, or would like to advertise with us on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, send an email, edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to keep checking the Twitter and Facebook, the FB or Bookface, whatever you want to call it, for schedules. Haven't been on point with the schedule as of late. The last couple of weeks have been rough saying, hey, it'll be out on Monday and then it doesn't come out on Tuesday or something like that. Apologize. You know, life catches us. Get to sit down and do recordings. Get to sit down and do some editing. And then all of a sudden, you know, hours go by and then it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. Time just goes by so fast. We all know this. So please bear with me trying to make the schedule better and more realistic to get the shows out so you can hear the awesome guests as soon as you can. Keep listening. Thank you for listening. Much love and appreciation for every time you hit the play button or you follow or you leave a review or anything like that. Thank you very much for your time and coming back and listen to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Until next time, peace. Lots going on in the sports world or in the world in general, and it's been that way for quite some time. But now there's even more news, especially coming from the Mendota camp, Mendota High School switching conferences from the Big Northern Conference to the Three Rivers Conference. Had to have Athletic Director Steve Hansen on. Steve, how's it going, my friend? Going great, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I saw the news. I saw the agenda for the Mendota board meeting, and I'm not going to lie, I had a big smile on my face for the move that you guys are going to do. Yeah, I can tell you, you're not the only one smiling. You know, it's exciting times for us, and we're happy to get the news out and let everybody know that we are making the move to the Three Rivers and hopefully re- restore some old rivalries with Hall, Princeton, and form some new ones with uh, St. Bede and Newman, and, you know, we get Kiwani back in our conference, so it should be great for our kids, our community, and our family. And that is the main reason that I'm smiling and everybody else that is smiling. So you guys went to the big Northern Conference, and besides Dixon, who's kind of close, I mean, we're talking about Winnebago, Rockford Lutheran, schools that are way north, Stillman Valley, that it was hard to build those rivalries. It was hard to get people at games. So that, to me, was the biggest takeaway from this change. Yeah, I mean, we got nothing but good things to say about the Big Northern. It's a great conference, a great competition, great schools, great leadership. We just didn't fit geographically, you know, and it was hard for our parents to get to Rockford for a 
six o'clock game and and likewise for Rockford parents to get to Mendota so you know as time went on with us in the big northern the, the gyms just got emptier and emptier and you know your kids lose a little excitement you get a little less notoriety in the press and all those little things turn into to big things and you know all of a sudden sports aren't as important as we think they should be in the Mendota community totally agree with you there you mentioned some of the schools in Three Rivers. It has been broken, you know, in two pieces, east and west, or however they wanted. For football, it was the Rock Division and the Mississippi Division over Rivers. Where are you guys going to fit in to the Three Rivers? So the Three Rivers uh, just recently decided to go into two divisions for all sports. So we will be in what you termed the Rock Division. It'll be Mendota. Paul, Princeton, St. Beat, Bureau Valley, Kiwani, and Sterling Newman. That will be our division in the conference. I love it. I love it. I mean, I have some ties or have covered games for every single one of those schools that you said, and it is still going to be very, very competitive. I know you were talking about competition level in the Big Northern, which there's some powerhouse schools in that conference, but there still is in the Three Rivers, too. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I don't think this is really a step down in competition i mean it based on the sport you know the three rivers the teams i mentioned the schools i mentioned and likewise on the other side of the conference there's some great great schools and the competition will be we'll just pick up right where we left off you know we're going to have to keep improving uh in all of our sports to, to compete in this conference just as we had to in the big northern i, I don't look at it as a step down so how long was this coming? I mean, was this something that was kind of generated for quite a while or just coming into the season, you're like, hey, we need to make some changes or how did it work? Quite frankly, it happened pretty quickly this year. You know, to be completely honest, back when the IHSA was kicking around the districts for football, we kicked around a few things and thought maybe if the IHSA does go to districts, we might be able to pull something off. So I think there's a few schools that knew we were interested when would listen. So we, we actually literally got an interest letter from the Three Rivers probably six weeks ago, and it just happened that fast. Wow, just six weeks, and then you're like, yeah, we're in. Well, it wasn't quite that easy, but, you know, uh, Mr. Persader and Mrs. Augenbaugh are well-respected, and because of that respect, we were able to do some things that, quite honestly – the Big Northern didn't have to let us do. They did not have to let us out at the end of this year, but they are going to, which is, I mean, it speaks volumes for, for the leadership in that conference as well. And, of course, when you say Mr. Persader, you are talking about Jeff Persader, the superintendent, and Denise Otterbaugh is the principal. Correct. I know we already mentioned these things, but, you know, I've talked to a few people about, you know, in the Three Rivers, Mendota, going against the schools like Hall, Princeton, Borough Valley, St. Bede. I mean, we've already mentioned, you know, trying to get those stands filled back up, but I think it's going to happen pretty quickly because we've been waiting to see some of these games for quite a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you throw the, the closeness in with uh, now there's some skin in the game. We did play most of those schools in non-conference uh, affairs, but it's not quite the same as when you're fighting for a conference title. Now we're playing St. Bede home and home. We're playing Hall home and home and Princeton. I mean, it's it's going to build those rivalry, rivalries quickly because our I mean our kids are going to know each other for four years, and it's going to create that 
excitement that we're kind of missing right now. I remember when I was in high school, graduated from Mendota in 2004. Anytime Hall was on the roster for anything, basketball, football, whatever, it was a huge deal, and we got pumped up for it. Yeah, and I, I mean, I graduated just a little before you, and it was the same when I was in high school uh, back in 89. You build a camaraderie with these teams you play. I mean, you play them when you're a freshman, and you see these kids for four years, and now in this conference, you're going to see them twice a year in these sports. But you also see them at the YMCA in Peru or in summer leagues, and we just don't get that in the big northern. Our kids, they don't know each other. They don't compete against each other. It's kind of like we're in two separate worlds. We're playing the same conference. So I think this get us back, you know, and frankly, since we've been in the big northern, the press doesn't cover us as much, rightfully so, you know. No need for them to drive to Rockford to watch a game. So I think this will help in all those aspects and, you know, put us back on the map and get us back in the Illinois Valley where we belong. Totally agree. Totally agree with that. It's kind of funny when you said, you know, a regular game for conference in Big Northern. It was kind of like those were exhibition games. And the non-conference games against a Hall or a Princeton were kind of more exciting. And they were like regular season games or, I'm sorry, conference games when they weren't. Absolutely. Uh, those were always our big draws. And our, uh, we're looking for, you know, to have some fans in the stands when we had the local guy teams back in town so that should just continue to grow one of the main sports in the illinois valley has always been basketball and winter sports from ihsa have kind of been uh, i don't even know what to call it i mean we're gonna play we're not gonna play we're gonna play we're not gonna play kind of in the air now ihsa is kind of throwing it to high schools and the administration to decide if you're gonna play or not as a athletic director, as part of administration of a high school, how do you feel about this? Well, first of all, I, I, I mean, I respect the IHSA and all that they do, and I just feel like they put us in a tough spot here. Definitely have to look out for the safety and well-being of all of our athletes and their families and the rest of our student population. So, I mean, as an administrator, my, my gut is, and first instinct is we're going to follow IDPH and follow their recommendations, which right now wouldn't allow us to play basketball. I know that's maybe contradicting what people might think an athletic director should say, but I love sports. I love watching kids play sports, but safety trumps all of that in my mind. Yeah, so when you're talking about the health department, Governor J.B. Pritzker, we're like, hey, we should not be doing this. Moved it from a medium risk to a high risk in terms of basketball and COVID-19. And that kind of put the brakes on everything. And then IHSA was like, hey, we're going to defy the government and play. Then they were trying to work out deals where it could be somewhere in the middle, and it just really hasn't happened yet. We're kind of caught in the middle. You know, when Governor Pritzker came out with his message to a high-risk sport, that was a shock. I mean, it's kind of out of the blue. We were preparing to get ready for the season. And then the very next day, the IHSA shocked us again by saying, no, we're going to let you play. So um, it was that was a, definitely a roller coaster week. Uh, but like I said, we're, we're under great leadership at Mendota High School. And I think that cooler heads have prevailed and we're going to do what's best to keep our kids and families safe.
How has it been, you know, working with the coaches and, you know, the student athletes as much as you do to, you know, try to keep them even keel and to understand like, hey, it's, there's bigger things than sports. This is a huge health issue. To, to be honest, our coaches have been great. I mean, they obviously want to do as much as they can, but they, they've been following protocols. Knock on wood, we've had no problems with our contact days all fall. We had one little hiccup on a bus ride in golf, but typically we did a great job all fall and felt like we could continue to do that, but I mean, all you got to do is turn on the news and hear about all the cases and everything rising, and we got Thanksgiving around the corner and then Christmas parties around the corner, so it's difficult. The kids are, like, being upset. The coaches are disappointed, but they understand, and our coaches have just been great throughout this whole thing. They, they're willing to do whatever we let them do, but, but not overstep their bounds, which I really, really appreciate. Is there any way we can have a girls' basketball season just long enough for Amelia Bromenschinkel to beat the all-time scoring career record? Any way we can do that? <laughs> yeah, I wish we could promise her that. Um, but I think anybody that follows it closely knows that she's she's the leader, regardless of what the stats say at the end. I mean, she's just been amazing. and There's no doubt in anyone's mind that she was going to not only break it, but put it pretty far out of reach for anyone to even ever think about breaking uh she's a great player she's worked extremely hard she's now a division one athlete are gonna be it's disappointing but at the end of the day i i think she's gonna go down as the best player in Minnesota high school history and that's enough i think yeah she is definitely even in just three years made that much of an impact and put herself in that carousel of thinking like hey she's Maybe one of the best in the area, ever. Yeah, and I guess, you know, the thing that I always say is she did that in three years, but she's better now than she was last year. So, like, because she works hard and she plays a lot. So she's, how good would she have been this year? Everybody thinks of just what she was at the end of last year. But going into this year, she's even better than that. So um, I think we'll never really know the answer to that question, but she definitely is going to be right at the top in my opinion definitely i think she has put herself in that conversation with uh kaylee klein uh katie carls that kind of level of player in my opinion you'd be hard pressed to find anybody better than her so you can prove that to me which i don't think you can like i'll stick with amelia well not only are you involved in sports you're at the school every day doing your duties how has it been, COVID-19 era, rocking everything, including schooling? What has been going on in Mendota High School to, to, you know, try to get these kids educated in the weirdest time that most of us will know? I mean, again, I got to tell you, it's a, kudos to, to the administration. I feel like we're doing a really, really good job of giving our kids the opportunity to come to school. You know, we have about 400 kids that are in-person learning every day. Um, the mitigations that uh, our leadership has put in place have been working. We were very detail-oriented, and the kids have been great, you know. you got to give the kids credit because they've proven to us that they want their in-person education, and they, they really, you know, they're wearing their masks all the time. They're following the protocols. 
which is just allowing us to keep continuing to be open. And then the caveat to all this is the staff has to put themselves in positions to stay healthy because that's the one thing that can shut the building down quicker than the kids getting COVID is a few staff members get it because replacing them with substitutes is just so difficult at this time. So our staff has been great. They've worked really hard to give these kids an opportunity to learn in person. So I think it's going better than expected, to be honest with you. From what I understand, trying to find a solid substitute teacher is harder than the Chicago Bears finding a good quarterback. That's a toss-up, I think. But uh, we probably had a better sub or two since Bears have had a good quarterback, so I'll I'll go with the subs. Oh, man, I don't know if you saw the Bears game against the Titans. Oh, it was awful. Well, I'm a Dallas fan, so I don't feel bad for you. Well, Dallas didn't win either. Lost a Pittsburgh Steelers. No, we're terrible. We're terrible. Next subject. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but at least you got some excuses. I mean, injuries have rocked the Cowboys. Yeah, they have. Like Dak Prescott was having like an MVP-type year before he got hurt. He's pretty good, you know. It's the one thing about being a Cowboy fan. It's hard to find anybody that feels sorry for you, though. You know, because maybe because of our owner. But <laughs> how did you become a Cowboy fan? I mean, out here in Illinois, and you're a Cowboys fan. I'm a, what you would call a front runner as a young man. So Dallas was good when I was little, and that's why I started rooting for him. It's either them or the Steelers. So, I picked Dallas. Are you like that in other sports as well? Uh, yes, unfortunately. So, I grew up a Celtics fan, you know. In my day, it was Dallas and Pittsburgh and the Lakers and Celtics um, and the Yankees and the Dodgers. So, I was actually a Dodger fan as well growing up, but I've since switched to the White Sox. I'm surprised you didn't say the Cubs because they went on their little run. Yeah, I've quit bandwagon jumping before the Cubs were good, so they, they really were never in the picture. Or did you become a Sox fan when they won the World Series in 2005? I actually was a Sox fan before that, but not much before that, maybe three or four years. So you saw the writing on the wall, like, okay, they could be good. Yeah, probably. I actually just like that they're on TV all the time, and... I could get into the game for less than $3,000 and go watch him play. And I had myself was in, really into baseball. So, yeah, it was just kind of a natural progression, I think. Definitely. You can get decent seats there for like $30. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's easy drive for me. So that, that's probably what did it. The, the World Series didn't. That probably solidified it for the rest of my life, though, I got to tell you. That was my freshman year of college. And it was an amazing time. <laughs> it was yeah, an amazing, was. amazing time. Yep, I agree. Well, since we're talking about national sports, let's play a game of now and then where you will pick your favorite athlete of all time from a team and your favorite player right now currently on a roster. You ready for that? I'm ready. Well, let's just start with the White Sox since we were just talking about baseball. Who's your favorite player of all time? Mark Burley. It's a good pick. I coached a lot of baseball, and I just love the way that he just attacked hitters. Here it is, boys, hit it. Kept the game moving. 
you know, nothing for him to have a two-hour game instead of these, you know, four-hour games that are going on now. And he kept his pitch count down so he could pitch well into the later innings. I just love the way he went about his business. He's my second favorite of all time. I have to go Big Frank first, but I love Mark Burley. Yeah. Paulie's up there for me, too. He'd probably be my second, Canerco. Oh, Paul Canerco? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good pick, too. Definitely some of the best of the best in White Sox. Yeah. Who is your favorite player on the White Sox roster now? That's a tough one. I'd probably say Abreu just because of the way he goes about his business. He's a professional hitter, and you know he shows up every day and doesn't try to hit it out of the ballpark. He'll hit the ball to right center. So I like the way he, he plays. Also a good pick. I'm a huge fan of Tim Anderson, too. Yeah, I agree. He's great player all right cowboys of all time it's probably gonna be tony dorsett just because he was good when i was young and i thought i was gonna be a running back but then i was slow and weak and didn't move very well side to side so that eliminated that turned me into a golfer (laughs) so your dreams of trying to be like tony dorsett were cut early yeah about five i think i figured it out that it wasn't gonna work out but Nice. I still liked watching him play. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Little, I'm a little too young for that. I was definitely in the Emmett Smith, Troy yeah. Aikman, that era. Yeah. They were good then. Man, they were good. Oh, definitely. Who's your favorite cowboy on the roster now? Well, it would be Dak Prescott, but I don't even know if he's on the roster now. But, yeah, I like I like him. I think he's a pro's pro and with all his contract stuff he still showed up and played um i i think he's a good role model for young men too yeah i was really happier i'm not really proud of professional athletes that make millions of dollars but he didn't try to hold out he's like hey i'm gonna come play and do what i have to do yeah you know a lot of guys probably would have held out and in hindsight maybe he should have but um he'll be all right he'll bounce back Oh, yeah, the way trainers are, and I'm sure his uh, dedication to his his life at this point and his craft, I'm sure he'll be good and get back Adrian Peterson-like. Yeah. And then let's do the Celtics real quick. Favorite oh, the of all Celtics. Time. My favorite athlete of all time in any sport is Larry Bird, so that's an easy one for me. Gotta be Larry Bird. Yeah. And if you're going to say today... I'd probably throw you for a loop. I really like their coach, Brad Stevens, so I'd take him. He is a good coach. He is going to be in the NBA for as long as he wants to be. Yeah, I like the way he gets things done. Well, Steve Hansen, thank you very, very much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I think we talked a little bit about everything. Got some national sports in there. Got some IHSA. Mendota joining Three Rivers Conference. Thank you for spending some time with us here. Hey, thanks a lot, Brandon, and best of luck to you going forward with this.